You know, I heard a story this past week. Can I share it with you? Can I share it with you? Yes. So, so I was on the way, and, and Caleb, I said, son, I said, you think that's funny? He said, I said, you're not laughing. He said, dad, I'm laughing in the inside. You got to tell it. You got to tell it. So, so there was a guy that, uh, Mike, that, that went to the, to the Super Bowl. He had some tickets to the Super Bowl, and he showed up at the Super Bowl. And, uh, and so there was a guy that was sitting, around, sitting next to him, and, and the Super Bowl was getting ready to start. They were getting ready to kick off, and he leans over to the guy, and he says, look. He said, he said man, he said, whose who seat is that? And he says, well, it, it was my wife's seat. And he said, well, when, she's gonna, when is she going to be here? And he said, well, she's, she's not going to make it. And he says, well, what do you mean she's not going to make it? And he said, well, she died a few days ago. And the guy said, oh, man, he said, listen, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry to hear that. And uh, he said, well, he said, is, is, isn't one of your, you know, your, your, your uh, kinfolk, you know, uh, is there a child or is there a brother or sister or is there a neighbor that's going to come and, and, and sit there? And he said, no. He said, you know, I, I'd have thought the same thing. He said, well, he said, well, what, what's the problem? Where are they at? He said, well, they thought her funeral was more important than coming to the football game. I don't know if that's good or, if that's good or bad, but oh my goodness gracious. Listen, I had somebody ask me this past week, they said, why, why is this series called Making Changes? How many of us need to make changes in our lives? There's things that we know, and then there's things that we don't know. There are things that we are aware of and things that we are not aware of, especially when it comes to the issue of our finances and what God's Word has to say. And it wouldn't, be surpri- it wouldn't surprise me at all if there were some of us in this room that weren't aware, really, of what God's Word had to say and whether or not you need to make changes. And so we began this process a few weeks ago talking about our finances, and, and we started out by saying that Number one, everything that we have comes from the Lord. And God's not after our resources. He doesn't need our finances. He he owns a cattle on a thousand hills, Don. He owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He doesn't need our resources. But what he wants is he he wants our hearts. And we said that week, listen, you can be a faithful, committed attender and yet not be a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. And then last week, we talked, went back to the book of Leviticus in the Old Testament, and we saw where Scripture taught and, and God taught us in the law in reference to a tenth and what a tenth was. And there were two things in reference to the tithe. He said, it belongs to me, and it's to be set apart as holy. And then we went on a little bit later, and we saw it's so important God set aside the tithe so that we would understand, number one, what it means to, 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 re, to revere God, to fear God, to honor God, but also it was an opportunity for us to be able to exercise, put into practice our faith. It stretches us, and it causes us uh, to be faithful, especially when we give our tithe. And we're going to continue today. And I want you to turn over to the book of Deuteronomy chapter 14. And I want to pick up briefly where we left off uh, last week. And I want to share with you again. And then I want to pick it up. And I'm going to move really fast. And, and I already know that some of you are going to look at me somewhere in the midst of this and go, what in the world is he talking about? But I promise you, if you'll listen, the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart. And I promise you that when you leave here today, There'll be something that happens in your heart. I promise you that. Before we start and we talk about God's Word, I'd love to be able to pray with you today. 
Because what's going to be talked about is, is so significant because it impacts our relationship with Jesus. Can we pray together? Father, I just pray that the word that is spoken today, that any story that's told, Father, that it wouldn't be anything that I say, but the power of the Holy Spirit would come through the written word of God. Father, I pray that you would allow our ears to hear clearly what you want us to hear here today in this place. And Father, when we walk out these doors, we will have learned something that's been impactful in our life and our relationship with Jesus. Thank you for your word. May you be here with us today in this place. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 22, if you would turn there, uh, let me sort of remind you where we are uh, in this place. Here it is. You have the Israelites that have been wandering around in the desert for our wilderness for 40 years. If you remember, uh, their, their family, had, their ancestors had not been faithful to the Lord. They had disobeyed God. God had given them the law. He had, he had provided for them. He had cared for them. And yet they disobeyed him. And as a result of that, they wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. And here is that generation having died off. This is their children. And the Lord tells Moses, listen, what I want you to do is I want you to go to them and I want you to tell them the exact same thing that I told their, their ancestors, their forefathers. And so that's where we are. And this is the word that he gave them there in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 22, before they enter in. He reminds them and he said this, you must set aside a what? A tithe. He said, you must set aside a tithe of your crops, one-tenth of all the crops of you, uh, you harvest each year. Bring this tithe to the designated place of worship, and the place the Lord your God chooses, for his name is to be honored, and eat it there in his presence. This applies to your tithes of grain, new wine, olive oil, and the what? The firstborn, I want you to underline that today. That's really important. I want you to underline that in your Bible. The firstborn males of your flocks and your herds. And I want, to look at, I want you to look at what it says. Doing this will what? It will teach. It will teach you always to fear the Lord your God and to put him in first place. And like we said last week, what does it do? What does the tithe do when we follow and obey God? Number one, it teaches us to revere God, to fear God, but it also is a demonstration of our faith. It is an exercise. It exercises our faith. And what I want to talk to you today is I want to talk to you about the principle of first fruits or the principle of the first. And we find this throughout the scriptures, whether it be old or the new Testament. And I just want to go on record today and tell you guys this. Listen, if you'll put God first, your life will be different. Amen? Amen. Let me do that again. If you put God first, I promise you, your life will be different. Amen. Now, listen, don't misinterpret what I'm saying, because I'm not saying that if you put God first, you won't have any problems. That's not what I'm saying, and, and don't try to manipulate, because that is not the truth. You will go through times of trouble. You will go through times of difficulty. But I will tell you this, when you put God first, eventually, everything will fall into place. Now, I want you to go from the book of Deuteronomy, and I want you to turn back to the book of Exodus, and let's read there in Exodus chapter 13, verse 1. Now, we've set the stage. Now, we're going to begin to take some baby steps as we look today at what God's Word has to say. If you will remember with me, the Egyptians uh, had held into bondage the Israelites for some 400 years. God had raised up a man by the name of... God had raised up a man by the name of... who would lead the people out of Egypt. 
And so here we are in Exodus chapter 13, verse 1, and this is what we hear the Lord in the directions that he says to Moses. It says, then the Lord said to Moses, number two, dedicate, dedicate or sanctify or set aside to me every firstborn among the Israelites. Listen to what he's saying. The first offspring to, the, to be born of both humans and animals belongs to me. God says it's mine, it belongs to me. All right? Now, it's very important, especially when we talk about the principle of first, because God says, listen, the firstborn belongs to me. And Moses went on to say that after, after they entered into the promised land, what this was is this dedication process was a reminder of what God had just done, because God had just done some great things. Now, move down to the verse 12. And let me see, let me read for you what it says in verse 12, chapter 13. You must present all firstborn sons and firstborn male animals to the Lord, for they, what? They belong to him. Now, let's go back. So, the people of Israel had been in bondage for 400 years. God had raised up a man by the name of Moses that he would, that he would train, that he would lead up, that he would, he would march them out of Egypt. And if you remember, God told him to go back, and he said after he'd raised him up, he set him aside, he set him apart, he sent him back to Egypt, and he said, this is what I want you to tell Pharaoh. I want you to tell him to let my people, let my people go. I want you to tell him to release them. But if you remember, Pharaoh said, what? Uh-uh, it ain't going to happen. And after a process of time, after what, 10, 10 plagues, finally God said, okay, I've had enough. I've had enough. If you remember what happened that night, God said, listen, I'm going to cause death upon all of the Egyptians in every one of their homes. In every one of their homes where there's a male, the firstborn male will die. And not only in addition to that, the firstborn of every animal will die. And it's going to cause all kind of confusion in the land. And at this time, that's when, that's when Pharaoh's going to say, you depart from here. And that night, this is what God said. He said, what I want you to do is I want you to take a lamb or a goat, and I want you to sacrifice that animal, every one of you Israelites in your homes, and I want you to take, and I want you to take the blood and put it over the, the doorpost of your homes. And that night, when death came through, it'll pass over. Remember? Passover. And that's exactly what happened that night. In the middle of the night, there was wailing. There was gnashing of teeth. There was cries because of the death that had entered into the Egyptians' homes. And it was that night that the Israelites, because of the blood that they had put over their doors, that there was peace there in the Israelite camp. And not only peace, I think the Bible even uses the words that you couldn't even hear a dog bark. Look at what he goes on and says there in verse 13. A firstborn donkey, circle that, circle that word donkey, may be brought back or redeemed. Now, if you know, a donkey wasn't just any animal, but a donkey was a very important animal. A donkey was a, a beast of burden, it would be called. And it was a very important animal to the Israelites because it was used to not only carry things, but it was used to also help till the ground. And so here he is, he says that the donkey was to be brought back or redeemed, and he goes on to say, from the Lord by presenting a what? A lamb or young goat in its place. But if you do not buy it back or redeem it, you must break its neck. See, you guys are like going, man, you are, have lost it today. What in the world is he talking about? What he's saying, look, if you don't kill it, you're going to lose it anyway. 
you're going to lose it anyway. And let's just think about this in relationship to our finances and the giving of a tithe. What he's saying, listen, if you don't bring to me what is mine, you're going to lose it. And he finishes up by saying this, however, you must buy back every firstborn son. I want to make a couple of points today. And the first one that I want you to write down, I want you to stay with me. Can you say, I'm going to stay with you? Just say, I'll stay with you today. You're going to stay with me because I, when, it, when it's, all of a sudden this thing begins to click, you're going to go, oh my word, I've never understood that before. I want you to write this down today. Write this first point. According to the Lord, the first must be redeemed or sacrificed. In other words, according to the scripture and what it teaches us, that the firstborn must be brought back or redeemed or sacrificed. And this is a principle that we find throughout the scriptures. The question is, how do we know what to do? And how do we know when or whether to sacrifice or redeem it? Well, in these passages of scripture, we read, we, we see two different types of animals. What were the two different types of animals? One was a what? A donkey. And the other one was a what? A, a lamb or a goat. The donkey representing that which was unclean, the animals that were unclean, the lamb representing that which was clean. So what do you do? What is it that we're supposed to be hearing? It was the animal that was the firstborn and clean that was to be sacrificed for that which was unclean. It was the redeemed, it was to be redeemed by the sacrifice of a clean. Now, so if it, was, if it was clean, if it was a clean animal, and it was firstborn, it was, it was to be used to the sacrifice and redeem or buy back that which was unclean. Are we on the same page? You're like going, no, that doesn't make any sense to me. Let me ask you a question. Are you clean or unclean? Are we as human beings, are we clean or are we unclean? unclean. How do you mean? What do you mean that we're unclean? Well, the Bible says that for all of us are sinners and all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. If you were to go back and look at Psalms chapter 51 verse 5, here is Nathan having approached David after the issue with Bathsheba and, and, uh, and her husband and Nathan confronts him and here is David crying out to the Lord and he says, for I am born a sinner. Yes, the, from the very moment my mother conceived me. And so we're born into this world as sinners, unclean. See, now you know this is true because how many of us have to tell our kids how to, how to misbehave? How many of us have to tell our kids to, tell, to tell, not tell the truth? How many of us have to tell our kids to disobey? How many of us have to tell our kids to talk back? We don't have to do that, right? We don't have to do that. So you know what this, you know that this is true. It's a true statement. We are born into sin with a sinful nature. We are born unclean. So let me ask you another question. Was Jesus born unclean or was he born clean? The Bible says that he was born clean. He was the perfect lamb of God without stain, without sin. The lamb of God to be sacrificed, the perfect lamb of God, the clean lamb of God to be sacrificed for the unclean. That's what we just read a while ago. The donkey, the goat, the unclean, the clean, the clean to be sacrificed, to redeem or buy back that which was 
unclean. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life that you inherited from your ancestors. Remember their disobedience, their consistent disobedience of God time after time, day after day. And he goes on to say, and it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value, but it was the precious blood of Christ, the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. They weren't bought back to be used in the temple for the service of the Lord. They weren't. It wasn't, it wasn't um, silver and gold, which was normal back that time, to, to use silver and gold. He said, listen, it wasn't just silver and gold that went to pay a price so that you could be clean and you could be removed from the de- being dedicated to work inside of the temple. He said, but listen, it was by the blood of the Lamb. And this is so important for us today to, to hear. Also, when you begin to understand that this, this principle of the first also refers to the tithe. And before we talk about that, if we'll go back and remember, last week we said that Jesus was God's tithe because God the Father gave his one and only Son his best for us. And in turn, we give the tithe first. We aren't supposed to wait to the end to see if there's any leftover, but we are to give to God first. And God was saying that when your sheep has a lamb... What I want you to do is I want you to give me the first one. I want you to give me the first one before another one is born because when you give me the first one, what it does is it demonstrates faith and trust. Do you remember the story of Hannah in the Old Testament? If you grew up in the church or you've read the story of Hannah, you may remember that she had prayed for a child and yet she was barren for many years. And then she cried out to God and she said, God, if you'll give me a child, I'll dedicate him back to you. And if you remember, she had a child. She gave birth to a child. And the Bible says, listen, she had already promised God that she would give him back. She didn't wait for another child to be born, even though she would have more children. She didn't know that. But what she did is when it was time, she took him back to the temple to dedicate him to the Lord. And it was a sign of her trust and her faith in God. God didn't say, listen, wait till you got 10 lambs and then give me the run of the group. Because see, if you're like me, I got 10 stretched out. What I'm going to do is I'm going to look, okay, let me see. Okay, that seems to be the worst one right over there. So why don't, why don't I give you and I'll keep the other nine. But he says, no, what I want you to do is I want you to give to me first before you have any others because that is faith. I was in a conversation with somebody this week and we said, we made this statement. It isn't the tithe that enacts the blessing but it's the faith. It's not the tithe that enacts the blessing, but it's the faith. God didn't wait for us to get our act together, but he gave his son first, knowing that when he was headed to the cross. Paul said that, listen, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were not good, while we were not acceptable, Christ died for us. And it's by faith in Jesus Christ that we're saved, and it is by faith that we step out and we give a tithe to demonstrate our trust to Christ. And listen, it's the first portion. It's the first portion that redeems the rest. We give to God first, then he redeems the rest. 
Yet how many times do we not give to God first? I mean, who is it in your family that gets the first part? Who, it is, who is it within your family when your, your finances are distributed? Who is it in there within your life that gets, gets it first? Who is it that gets the first portion? What is it that goes to God? But he says, no, the firstborn must be sacrificed or redeemed. And when we do that, we demonstrate faith. Yet how many times is it not God that gets the first and the first fruits, but it's the credit card company? And it's not the credit card company. Maybe it's the, the loan on the vehicle, or, or maybe it's the mortgage company. But God said, no, it's first. Why? Because it belongs to me, and because it's to be set aside as, as holy. I want you to write down a second thought. It's going to start to, start to pick up here just a little bit. Second thing I want you to write down is we must honor God with our first fruits. We must honor God with our first fruits. I want you to hold on to Exodus chapter 13, and I want you to, to turn over to the book of Proverbs. I want you to turn over to the book of Proverbs with me. I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 3, verses 9 and 10. And let's see what the book of Proverbs has to say to us. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, the best part or the first fruits. First part, first fruit, first fruits, the choice piece. See, see, if I know you, you're like me. You got two pieces of cake, one sort of shabby looking, sort of laid over to the side. The other one's full of icing and got some pecans on top. You can have that one. I'm going to take this one. Let's just say you got two pairs of jeans and you're fixing to give a pair away. You know you got two. You don't need two, so you're going to give one of them away. So you hold them up and you look and you say, hey, that one's got holes in it. See, this day and time, we keep the pants with the holes and we give away the other ones, right? <laughs> but if I know you, your natural bent is to save the best for yourself. You with me? He goes on to say, honor the Lord with your wealth and the best part of what? He says, of, of everything you produce, whether it be crops or whether it be revenue. And he says this in verse 10, then you will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. He says to honor the Lord with your wealth with the first part. And I want you to listen to this. This is 500 years after the law was given. 500 years, it's just a principle that runs throughout the Scripture. Now I want you to look at back to Exodus chapter 23, verse 19 with me just for a second. Exodus 23, verse 19. And this is what he says. As you harvest your crops, bring, underline that word, that's a really important word, bring the very best of the first harvest to the throne, to the house of the Lord your God. Now, if you remember what we talked about last week near the end, the book of Malachi in chapter 3 says, bring your tithes into the storehouse 
the tithe goes to the storehouse. I was in a conversation this past week. They were asking me about the difference between tithe and offering. The tithe goes to the storehouse. The offering can go to the storehouse or whatever you want to do with it. But he says here to bring the tithe into the storehouse. And the reason the Lord uses the word bring instead of give is when it comes to tithing. Listen, you can't give something away that's not yours. Can I say that again? You can't give something away that's not yours. So he says, I want you to bring it to me because it's mine. Remember what we said in Leviticus chapter 27, one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the field or fruit from the trees, belongs to who? The Lord. And must set it apart as holy. See, when it comes to the Scripture and what the Scripture has to say in reference to the tithe and a tenth, there's really only two choices. You either bring it or you steal it. That's it. You either bring it or you steal it. There's, there's only two choices. If you go back to the battle of Jericho, you saw it up here. It was the first city that the Israelites would have went into after they, they marched into the promised land. And so here it is. God speaks to them and they, he says, listen, when you take the city, I want you to destroy everything except for the house of Rahab and those inside. And I want you to bring to me all the silver and gold. But everything else, what I want you to do is I want you to destroy it. But I want you to bring the silver and gold into the storehouse. But that didn't happen. There was a man by the, by the name of Achan that decided that he was going to take some for, his, for himself. And in, instead of destroying everything, he took some of the gold and some of the silver and some of the articles and he, he hid it in his tent. And we knew, we know by reading the story, it was very intentional. It wasn't like, oh, I made a mistake, let me hide something. But it was intentional. How many times do we intentionally not give to God? How many times do we intentionally not bring our first to Him? But it wasn't just Achan that would be punished, but all of Israel. Because if you go back and you look, the next city that they walked into would defeat the Israelites. In Joshua chapter 6, we said where God said that those things should be brought into the storehouse and it was to be consecrated or set apart. Those first fruits were to be brought to him. They were to be set aside because it belongs to him. But in Joshua chapter 7, we see where Achan had stolen and buried some of the plunder. And this is what it says in chapter 7 verse 1. He said, but Israel violated the instructions about the things set apart for the Lord. And he goes on to say in verse 11, they have stolen some of the things that I had commanded that must be set apart for me. And they've not only stolen them, but they've lied about it. And they've hidden the things among their own belongings. And Achan stole what God said should be set apart. And as a result, they were cursed. When the Israelites did what God instructed them to do and they brought it into the house of the Lord, it was consecrated, it was set, a, set aside, it was set apart for service unto the Lord. But when they disobeyed, they were cursed. Obedience leads to blessing. Disobedience leads to cursing. I don't know about you guys. I don't want to be cursed. I don't want to be cursed. But it takes faith to be obedient. It takes faith to give to God first. See, if you've grown up going to church, maybe you've heard the story about Adam and Eve and their children, Cain and Abel. 
If you're with a group of people and you're studying that passage of Scripture, it always comes up. Why, why in the world did God accept Abel's offering yet not Cain's? Why did God not accept Cain's offering but accept Abel's offerings? But if you understand the principle of the first fruits, it makes it a lot more understandable. Look at what he says in Genesis chapter 4, verses 3 and 5. When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some, you can underline or circle that, some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. In verse 4, Abel also brought a gift. What? The best portions. That's what he brought. Cain brought some. Abel brought his best. The best portions. The firstborn lambs from his flock. The Lord, in turn, accepted Abel's sacrifice, but he rejected Cain's. He rejected Cain's gift. And if you know the story, it made Cain pretty, pretty angry. And as a result, he got very jealous. He lured his brother out into the field, and he killed him. He killed him. Cain, here he is, a farmer. He didn't bring his first roots, but he bought... He brought some. Abel, who was a, a herdsman, he was a shepherd, he brought the best. He best, the best portions of the firstborn lambs. And God made a distinction between some and the best. See, it sort of reminds us of this thought, the preeminence of God. You can write this down. God is first. God is first. He is superior God isn't just first of all, he is before all. And every one of us should want to put God first. But regardless if you put him first, he's still first. Can I say that again? Regardless if you put him first, he's still first. Still first. The tithe, what it does is it represents what is so most important in our Lives. Listen, you can, you can lead a small group, you can memorize verses in the Bible, you can stand at this pulpit and you can preach, you can lead worship, you can invite people and stand out at the door and greet them and smile and just, man, just love all on them. You can work or serve in any place that you want to know. And I'm going to tell you what, what represents what's at the top of your list and what has your heart, it's our tithe. It's what represents what do we do with our first Fruit. So we've had two things so far. Number one, the first must be redeemed and sacrificed. Number two, we must honor God with our first fruits. And the third, our tithe must be the top priority. Let's go back one more time. By the time it's over with, you're going to memorize this. Leviticus chapter 27, 30. One-tenth of the produce of the land, whether grain from the fields or fruit from the trees, belongs to the Lord and is to be set apart as holy. Two characteristics of the tithe. Number one, it belongs to him. It's not yours. It's his. Number two is to be set apart as holy. The tithe must be given first because God is first and everything that we have comes from him. Now, let me give you a really good illustration. We talked about this in staff this past week. I said, okay, let's just say that you earn $100 a week. You can't survive on $100 a week, but we're just, we're just sort of giving you a, a figure to throw out there, okay? Simple figure. Keeping the zeros there, 100 so let's just say that your boss pays you with 10 $10 bills. 10 $10 bills equals how much? Some of you guys are confused. It's $100. No trick. All right, I'm not trying to pull your leg. 10 $10 bills equals $100. Let me ask you a question. What's the tithe? No. 
No. It's not $10. It's the first tenth. What do you do with the first tenth? What happens to the first tenth that leads your, leaves your hands? Because it's amazing how many times when we wait to the end, there's not anything left. I mean, I've heard that excuse all the time. I just don't have enough to tithe. Well, the reason you don't have enough to tithe is you don't tithe first. You don't give first. Because God's not in first place. And he doesn't accept the leftovers. I shared with you guys last week about the prophet of Malachi. Here was Malachi. God had sent Malachi to speak to the people again. They're getting ready to have 400 years of silence. And one more time, God sends the prophet Malachi to speak to them because the people of God had gotten so far away from him. And listen to what he says in Malachi chapter 1 in reference to bringing leftovers to him. Malachi 1 verse 6, he said, A son honors his father, and a servant respects his master. If I am your father and master, where are the honor and respect that I deserve? And listen to what he says. You have shown contempt for my name. You've shown contempt for me. In other words, you've despised me. And the offering that you have offered, by offering defiled or polluted sacrifices on my altar. And you ask, how, how, how we defiled the sacrifices? And the Lord said, you defiled them by saying, the altar of the Lord deserves no respect. And when you give, listen to this, blind animals as sacrifices, are you with me? They're not giving their first. They're not giving their best. Okay, let's just give this to God just, just so we can say that we've done that we've 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 done it. When you give the blind animals as sacrifices, isn't that wrong? And isn't it wrong to offer sacrifices or, or animals that are crippled in diseases? And listen to what he says. Try giving that to your governor and see how pleased he is, says the Lord of Heaven's armies. God doesn't want our leftovers. Our tithe must be at the top. It must be a priority. So you say, okay, Sid, well, tell me how that works in your life. Well, in our family's life, I get paid one week. Meredith gets paid another week. That's just the way it so happens. The 20th of every month, there is a check that is cut that goes from my bank that automatically comes to the storehouse, the church. I know exactly what you're thinking. But that's not the first Yes, it is. Don't get legalistic on me. Don't get legalistic on me. Every time in the month it goes out, just like it's supposed to. And like I said, it's not the tithe that enables the blessing. It's the heart. It's not about the legalistic principle, but it's about our heart. When we desire to put God's, when we desire to put God's first. Now, I want to finish up with you. And I want you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 13. And I want to go back. I want to go back. And I want to read for you very quickly. Exodus 13. And then I'm going to start back again in verse 14. But I'm going to, let me read verse, starting at, at verse um, 12 and 13. Then I'm going to read 14. In verse 12 he said, you must present all firstborn sons and firstborn male animals to the Lord for they belong to him. Remember, it was a reminder to dedicate the things, it was a reminder of what God had done. He said, look, this is what I want you to do. I want you to dedicate the firstborn, the firstborn males and the firstborn animals. And I want you to do that because it's going to remind you of what I did back there. 
And he said in verse 13, a firstborn donkey may be brought back from the Lord by presenting a lamb or young goat in its place. But if you do not buy it back, you must break its neck. In other words, you lose it. However, you must buy back every firstborn son. Verse 14. And in the future, your children will ask you, what does this mean? Dad, what are you doing? What, what's a tithe? Dad, why are you, why, why are you giving, giving that back to the Lord? See, back then it would have been, Dad, why, why are you sacrificing all these animals that, that we need? Why are you sacrificing and giving up all these animals, these firstborn, when, when God, when, when Dad, they could be useful to us? And then you will tell them, listen, with the power of his mighty hand, the Lord brought us out of Egypt, the place of our slavery. Pharaoh stubbornly refused to let us go. So the Lord killed all the firstborn males throughout the land of Egypt, both people and animals. That's why I sacrifice the firstborn males to the Lord, except that the firstborn sons always be brought back, that they be set aside and dedicated for the work of the Lord. Back then, by the sacrifice of a clean. Today, by the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, back then, the blood was over and over and over and over and over again. But when Jesus died, he died once and for all for the sins of the world. That would never happen again. You talk about leaving a legacy of, of faith. You talk about searing into our minds, our children's minds about the things of the Lord. You, you talk about sitting down and saying, son, let me tell you. Daughter, let me tell you. Let me just tell you what, what God has, has done. See, see, son, this is a tithe. And see, son, the tithe is a, is a tenth. Well, Dad, why are you giving a tenth to the Lord? Because, son, I want you to understand all the things that God has done. And the Bible instructs that we give a tenth. We want to put him first because, number one, it belongs to him. And number two is to be set aside as holy, to be used by the Lord. Because I remember back to all the things that God has done in my life. And I want him to know that he is first in my life. Because, see, son, there was a time in my life when God, when God wasn't first. See, son, there was a time in my life when, when I struggled. And that even though everything looked so good on the outside, my life was a mess. We struggled. We struggled so much and I was lost. Behind on bills, I, I, I returned to alcohol and, and here it is. Mom and I were on the edge of divorce. But God did something. He did something. He did something one night, and listen, son, let me, let me just tell you, and I want you to sit down because I want you to hear this. I want you to hear what I'm going to tell you because that night God opened my eyes and I came to realize that my life was a mess and I owned it. I didn't run from it. I didn't make an excuse, but I confessed it. I didn't deny it, but that night I owned it. And I came to understand that the scripture has to say 
that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Son, I want you to understand that, that we've still had struggles since that time. We've still had difficulties since that time. But I want you to understand your mom and I recognize that everything that we have comes from the Lord, and it belongs to Him. And that's why we do what we do. Isn't that great? Belongs to Him. People want to get on this conversation. Well, that's the Old Testament, and this is the New Testament. Listen, <laughs> Jesus talked about it. And it's not a tenth, by the way. By the way, it's everything. The tense was just the starting of the process to say, God, that you're first. But it was not just a tent because the New Testament talks about it's all his, every bit of it. You know, I remember growing up, we used to say, Sunday is the Lord's day. No, it's not. Every day is the Lord's day, seven days a week, not just one day a week. It's just a tenth. No, it's not just a tenth, but it's all his. And when we give it represents where our heart is at. So the question today, who or what's in first place in your life? The bottom line, I'll say it again. I've said it before. But the tithe isn't about the money. The tithe's about our hearts. That's where it's at. Would you bow your heads with me today? With every head bowed and every eye closed, I just, man, I just, I feel the urge, the need to be able to ask this one specific question. Who's in first place in your life? Who's in first place? If you were to die today, do you know, without a, do you know where you'd spend eternity? I mean, there's only two places. Where would you spend eternity? And how do you know where you would spend eternity? If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, today you have the ability right there where you are, not to excuse it, but to own it. And to confess your sin and say, Father, I have sinned against you. Right there. Just you and the Lord. I've sinned against you. Confess it. Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross and that your sacrifice was a perfect sacrifice. That as a clean lamb, lamb of God, that you were sacrificed for me who was unclean and you gave your life for me so that I might be redeemed and brought back. And because of that, I can live and no longer live in the bondage or slavery, not in Egypt, but in sin. And Jesus, today I want to commit my life to follow you. And maybe you're here and that's, that's the decision that you want to make for the first time in your life. I want to confess Jesus Christ. I want to make him Lord of my life. And right there, you can go through there and pray and confess your sin. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for you and commit to live for him daily. Right there. 
And if that's you, in just a few minutes, listen, when we're leaving, you're going to have an opportunity. You can text us at a number to let, let us know that you've made that decision. You can write it on one of those cards. You can come see me or say, and just say, Pastor, I want you to know that I made a decision today, and I want to follow Jesus. And if that's you, I pray that you'll let us know that so that we can follow up and have some other discussions about your decision today. But it wouldn't surprise me if there are some of us here that claim to be followers of Christ, that have given our life to Christ, but we've never understood. And today is a time for making some changes. Up until this point, you've not really been aware of what God's Word has to say, but now we've read God's Word and what it has to say, and now the question is, what are you going to do with it? I want to pray for you today because this is between you and the Lord. It's not between me and you. It's not between anybody else. This is between you and the Lord. Father, I pray today that as we, as we close out our time together, I am reminded that there may be some here today that have never trusted you as Lord. Even today, may they make that decision and profess and claim Jesus as their Lord and Savior. If that's someone here at the end, would you come see? Would you let us know? But I want to pray for them today. And Lord, also today, I want to pray for those that have, have wrestled with this issue of tithing. They're a great attender. They're a great participator. But when it comes down to being a faithful follower of Jesus, Lord, you're not at the top of the list. And so, Father, I pray today that that maybe the Lord would remind us that, that, Lord, after we've read the Scriptures and what it has to say, that maybe the Holy Spirit is prompting us to make some changes. Lord, would you give us the strength to demonstrate and exercise the faith that we say that we have? And as a result, may we experience your blessing. Father, I pray for us as we walk out these doors today. God, we would take the word, it would penetrate our hearts, we would absorb it, we would um, seek to obey it, because we want to be your chosen people. Help us to be your lights into the world as we go out these doors. Help us to gather together as, 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 uh, as believers to, to celebrate and to enjoy and to have fellowship. But help us to recognize, God, the responsibility we have to be a light in the darkness, a light in the darkness, bringing hope to the hopeless. Because that's what our mission is. Help us to be faithful. Help us to be responsive. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.